MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSEN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Good Friday morning to you. It is a numbers game at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, VEASAN.com, the VEASAN app, Fubo, Sling, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV, all brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. Skill Alexander, Jeff Parlay is here. Chris Felica on the show, the Bear from ESPN's College Game Day. We'll talk to him about college hoops and beyond. Vinny Maolio, always ending each and every Friday with us. His perspective from behind the desk. He'll be on the desk with us. And uh, Todd Wishnet from his mom's cork attic in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, obviously with uh, Sweet 16 Thoughts and Beyond, which, Jeff, is, of course, where I want to start today. Yes, tennis picks as well. Uh, 2-0 yesterday in tennis. We do have a couple tennis picks coming up as well on the show. Uh, Jeff, here's the thing about March Madness. We keep pounding this home. I don't care if it's the screwy television schedule this past Sunday where there's two standalones in the morning and half the country can't see the ending of that Arizona TCU game. I don't care if the, the officiating is horrific and inconsistent, which it has been, I think more so in this tournament than I ever remember before, quite frankly. And I don't care if you, you look at these Sweet 16 games and the optics are horrible in the stands. All the seats are empty. And it was impressed upon me. It's like, well, those, you know, those are allotted for the schools themselves and alumni. I don't care. It's a horrible look, right? Just really, you can't, you can't fill these seats. All of this still is idiot proof, as Jay Billis famously said. This is the greatest event of our sports calendar. 
Now, from a pre-flop ATS standpoint, totally different story. From a bracket standpoint, totally different story. It is impossible to predict. And I just want to get into also the confirmation bias of stuff. There's so many interesting betting things to talk about. Obviously, uh, two number one seeds go down yesterday, Gonzaga and Arizona. And, Jeff, let me just start with Gonzaga because what was fascinating to me after this game was the the extremely divided Twitter sphere reaction to this game. Arkansas beats Gonzaga 74 to 68 as nine and a half point dogs, and they went on the money line plus 425 consensus number. We had we had analytics guys like Dr. Bob who had been on fire on this show. They laid the they laid the points with Gonzaga. I know there's others on this network that laid the points with Gonzaga and Arkansas, the lone SEC team remaining heading into the Sweet 16, gets it done. As uh, J.D. Note took almost, he almost took 30 shots in this game. And it was fascinating to me because after this game, the people who had Gonzaga or the people who had Gonzaga in their brackets, talking ATS or in their brackets or whatever they had, or alumni, fans, whatever it was, there was this huge outcry about how, oh, Gonzaga, all the calls went against them, all those cheap calls on Chet Holmgren. Listen, we were doing primetime action last night, so I'm just going to full disclosure say it's not like I could pay 100,000%. I know that's not a percentage. 100% um, you know, attention to every little detail. But we did pay attention very closely, as, as best we could. And I will tell you that, that some of those Holmgren fouls, Chet Holmgren's to blame. Like, his defense was just fundamentally poor. And you're, like, blaming the refs for calling the contact. I'm sorry, you can have games where Gonzaga actually has calls against them. Like, how many people who were complaining about the calls against Gonzaga yesterday made a peep when Memphis's bigs got fouled out of that game basically the whole game long? Like, they were just completely rendered, you know, moot in that game because they were constantly in foul trouble. And Gonzaga in the second half, everyone's like, oh, Gonzaga played so fast, they came back and they crushed Memphis. Man, they were the contact they were committing was not getting close. Like, the, the refs are inconsistent. But don't be outraged if it happens to Gonzaga, too. Maybe you should look at their three-point shooting. Were they six for 21 last night behind the arc? Maybe it's because they were laying a brick house every time they shot a three, just clanging. Maybe that was the chief cause of what's going on. And maybe just poor strategy that they, were, that they continued to settle for that. And then there was the other side of things, which I tend to agree with more, and this is what made it so fascinating was the reaction. Todd Wishnev will be on the show later, uh, for instance, just as, as a sort of example. He said, let's get real. This is on Twitter. Hogs didn't even play that well and still sent Zags home. Zags are an ordinary good team in a power conference. If they were in a power conference, they lost to Bama. They lost to Duke. They even lost to St. Mary's. Not a great team. Go home. He also adds he can get home, grin some cheese fries. Michael Montesano, who uh, who won the booby prize at Circa the first year that they did that uh, in their football contest, he said, Gonzaga plays in a horrible conference, and that hurts them. Playing a tough non-conference schedule early does nothing. Arkansas has tough-nosed athletes. Gonzaga players look soft tonight. And so, Jeff, I, I sort of throw that back at you and say, let, let's seize on the last point from Michael Montesano, which is because you heard a lot about that sort of as the uh, – the posthumous thing for Gonzaga last night is as Gonzaga once again has March disappointment, another year where they do not win a national championship. And one could argue, based on their number one overall status this year, perhaps the most disappointing finish of all of them. Oh. And when we hear about great coaches, right, we talk about the, that are still alive. We talked about Larinaga and Jay Wright, and we talk about Kelvin Sampson. 
and obviously Eric Musselman. We never mentioned Mark Few. So there's a whole bunch of things that are in there. First, let me ask you about the, non, the, the fact that they're in a weaker conference. Do you buy into that narrative? No, I, 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 I don't. I don't because last year that conference was significantly worse than it was this year and they made a national title game. The conference where they made their first national title game significantly worse than the conference was this year. So that argument to a point can... Can I just interject yeah, real quick? Because we're going to look at our championship formula. We don't usually do the championship formula on Fridays. We usually save it for Monday. But somebody wrote a tweet from after which he's already apologized on. He's like, oh, I guess I got it all wrong. But the reason one of the criteria in that championship formula that's tried and true is you have to have a top 75 strength of schedule. There were, th- there were three teams that were in it as of last night that are in there. Gonzaga, Arizona, and Houston that were all teetering right around 75. You just typically don't get to the promised land if you don't play teams. So there is something to it, right? A little bit, but look, the, the way the, – I, I think what Wishnev said on Twitter is actually right, and that's the most damning thing about this for Gonzaga. Arkansas played a reasonable game. They didn't play their best. I agree. They didn't play their best. They shot 40% from the field. Note's this. JD Note, it was pretty funny. (laughs) Look, I love love Raph. I I love Grant Hill. I love Nance. But I, I think they were a little over the top in the praise of Note at times last night. Nine for 29. <laughs> Nine for 29, two from 12 from behind the arc. By the way, I, I, I was too kind to Gonzaga. Five for 21 from behind the yeah, arc. And, and, Note, and, and, and probably 14 of those 29 shots were just absolutely what-are-you-doing shots. Yes. Uh, and, and look, Jalen Williams uh, flopping around in there, uh, sliding late for charges. But look. I said this to you when you walked in this morning. Coaching mattered last night. Yes. So if you that so that's the other big thing, right? Like you just went to those four games before the the best handicap, as it turned out, was to just say who are the better coaches in these games, and you would have at least gone three and one. You you probably would have got depending on what you think of Coach K at this point. You could have gone four and zero, right? And and look, going into this game, I would have probably said Mark Few is a better coach than Eric Musselman. But last night, Eric Musselman. You would have? Yeah, I I don't think there's many people that would say that. Yeah, well, last night, Eric Musselman was much better. But I'm just saying even before last night. Yeah, no, I I understand what you're saying. But I I would have still taken Few as a coach uh, over Musselman. But look, credit to Arkansas uh, because – even though Gonzaga got open looks in the first half, they didn't make them second half. Arkansas was much, even though Gonzaga scored more points in the second half, Arkansas was much more solid defensively. And for Holmgren, look, I, I thought three of the five fouls were nonsense. I see. I Look, it, he, there was contact. He was in horrible defensive position. Could they have let it go? Yeah, but why? Why should they have? The, it was the, contact. The, the one that aggravates. So me. What's funny to me, I guess, is do you, do you do you buy into my confirmation bias thing? Is was the same people chirping about that didn't didn't make a peep. Like the Illinois, the Illinois, uh, South Dakota. Uh, excuse me, was it South Dakota State, Illinois, Chattanooga, Chattanooga. Thank you. Uh, South Dakota State was Providence, Chattanooga, Illinois game. Right? Like, Illinois was throwing those guys around the court, never got a call. Like, how many of the people chirping about Gonzaga last night had Illinois and didn't mention a word about it after that game? I'm just saying, people, people see things through their bets, and it's, listen, we're all, we all are human. I get it. But you have to, the extent to which you can be aware of that 
and realize that results, when, when results go against you, it's not always the world conspiring against you. And when you're right, it's not always you. To the extent that you can sort of come to grips with that, the better you'll be at this, I think. And I, I the, the Holmgren thing last night, I was like, that was just bad defense on his part. The last one I'll give you, the last one was bad, like the fifth, I think. But then I looked at the replay. He did jump. I thought he was stationary. Oh, I, I thought the worst one was the one where Williams put his shoulder into him, and then when Holmgren attempted to play defense, he got a foul. Yeah, but how many times does Timmy get that call? Oh, I, I look, I'm not, disagreeing. I'm not disagreeing with you, but they legitimately on the other side. Again, I, I don't want to be defending Gonzaga. People are, <laughs> I but, put, you, put you in that position. But, I'm but, sorry. Yeah. But, Jalen Williams last night took multiple charges where it was the old school Duke guy slides in late, takes the charge nonsense. And they love calling charges. And they, hey, look, there's nothing more that college yeah. basketball refs uh, love more than calling the charge. Is there anything look, that gets them charged of more when they when they do that slide thing with their hand behind no, their they, head? Look, they love it. Uh, they love it. The showmanship is all there, yeah. Gil. But look, in the end, Gonzaga has no one but themselves to blame. Yes. You're, a double di- you're a double-digit favorite with significantly more fans in the building, an easier trip. Can't lose that game. Well, I mean, in the it, listen, that, that's the thing. Also, the, so the regions in San Francisco. I live most of my adult life in San Francisco. To say that the Bay Area, let alone San Francisco proper, is not a college sports region is the understatement of the world. So Gonzaga, first of all, and and you could probably count the number of Arkansas alum who live in the Bay Area on are both of our hands. I'm exaggerating, but you get the idea. Gonzaga, though, what was their what was their uh, Excuse for not filling all those seats there. I mean, just anyway, fascinating sort of sports betting reaction after that game from both sides. Gonzaga, Dunzo again. Arkansas beats him 74 to 68. We'll look at the games tonight, of course. The two games where lines have already been set for the Elite Eight. And we will look at the championship formula, see where that stands next. Plus these final four exactors. You got to see these next numbers game. Visa, the sports betting network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast. To start listening. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM with all your favorite wagering options, along with in game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state of the art technology and fan friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 700. People getting heated, Jeff. I put Jeff in the position of having to defend Gonzaga, so I apologize. Jeff didn't want to be in that position. But I am so with just some random. These are these are just. I'll go through random texts just with you here. Uh, again, it's it's the third foul. Holmgren was hanging on the guy. GTFO, step up and take a charge, Chet. I watch a billion games. It wasn't so out of the ordinary, and the Zags were in the bonus way earlier. I couldn't agree more. If you've ever played basketball, if you've ever been coached, if you've ever gone to basketball camp, fundamental level, there are some fundamentals you need to to adhere to. Just because he's wearing a Gonzaga uniform doesn't mean those weren't fouls. Here's another one. West Coast Conference uh, rated number nine this year, number eight last year. Strength of conference schedule does matter. It wasn't like the West Coast Conference was number four last year and they got the uh, and they got the, uh, the final. SEC, number four rated conference, tough game every night. Bama beat up Gonzaga this year. We'll get into Chet Holmgren's stats versus like the best competition they had with, with uh, Wishnav in a bit too. Anyway, we go on for this game for like an hour. But the other one I just want to say, I've said it, how many times this week did I say, remember when we went, you, me, and Wes, we did the Beating the Book uh, March Madness podcast preview. And we talked about how everybody loves South Dakota State against Providence. And we were all over Providence. There's nothing like groupthink on some of these, like, in vogue, trendy picks. The, the sort of anecdotal hate for Duke, right, and everybody being on Texas Tech. How many times this week did I, did I say, if Duke plays like they played those last five minutes against Michigan State again, there's nobody beating them. And they did it again in the last few minutes, <clears throat> pardon me, last night. Against Texas Tech, Boncaro hit the uh, he hit the three to put them ahead. 
Then there was two straight Texas Tech possessions. One was a blocked shot, and the next was just an outright steal. They didn't even get the ball to the basket. And Duke was able to build a three-point lead, then they extended that. Uh, Roach was phenomenal down the stretch. Phenomenal yesterday, period. And Duke gets it done. Um, how, how strongly are you considering them right now as, uh-oh, this is going to happen. We may live in a world here where Coach K goes out on top. I think it's definitely, well, it's significantly more in play than it obviously was pre-tournament because going into this tournament, Gil, that showing in Brooklyn, coupled with that final game of the regular season against UNC, they're trending the wrong way. They, they were probably heading towards being uh, the second two seed, maybe, mm-hmm. and then ended up with the last two seed. Look, that was, and I texted you this last night. The last two closes, the last five minutes against Sparty, and then the last four minutes against Texas Tech last Phenomenal. night. Phenomenal. It's as good as anyone's yes. closed games all year. 100%. And look, they, they, the talent's never been the question with this team. This team was obviously one of, at, at worst, the fourth most talented, fifth most talented team in the country. The talent was always there. It was always effort-related things with this team. And the effort has been there closing these last two games. They're going to play like that. They went to zone. Who's de- beating them? They went to zone defense in the second half, and then late they went man-to-man. And it was like it felt like Texas Tech was completely confused by it all. And have you ever seen – I said, remember after the, uh, after the round of 32 game, I said, wow, it seemed to me like Coach K – was so emotional because now he's playing with house money. Like, he just didn't want to get embarrassed the first weekend. Last night after that game, you ever seen him so emotive after a game? Show so much emotion? That was I was like, who's this guy? Look, that was an incredibly good basketball game, yes. too. To win a game like that as well. And also knowing, like, let's face it, you, is anyone going to pick Arkansas other than maybe Greg, who uh, likes like, likes uh, likes the Hogs in that game? Hey, listen, the, so I'm glad you bring this up. It, it's what I said yesterday again, and you agree with me. I was like, would anything surprise you any more in this tournament, with the exception of like St. Peter's going to the Final Four? Right? Would anything anything surprise you? And the point is, no. Can we show these exact? These were Final Four exactas that were up at points bet. They put this up before the Sweet 16. And like so many of the props that we showed this week that were multiple answers required to win. Exact championship matchups. Um, these are a Final Four exactas at points bet. My comment on all of these was, how can you possibly think you're going to pick the right one here when, just let me use Survivor again as the sort of barometer, there were almost 1,300 entries in my survivor pool. Before last night, fewer than 200 remained. Now, after last night, fewer than 100 remain. And all you have to do is pick one team to win a, a day. You think you're going to pick the final four exactly? By the way, it should be noted that the St. Peter's ones were 10,001. <laughs> and so, as Kevin in the office said, when anybody gives you 10,001 on anything, you take it. So, Kelly Bidlin producer of primetime action put ten dollars on one of the st peter's final fours sadly though he also had in there michigan so that's gone by the wayside already villanova with the most ho-hum probably of the wins yesterday uh, i would say and then of course the fourth being houston's kind of dominant win over arizona i mean without again their their two guys no sasser and it's just, 
72 to 60. Houston, again, number five seed in their in their region, number two overall in Ken Palm heading into the tournament. Championship formula. Let me just say this also. Championship formula, because we had a tweak. We show this tweet, so someone botched the fit. It's like I said to Jeff, I was like, why do we do this every week or they're gonna botch it? Championship formula is a tried and true thing that we do here on this show every year. And it's two decades, three decades, six criteria that has applied to every single eventual champion in two of those six, and one exception, just one exception in the other four. And this year, so it's last 33 champs had more assists than turnovers. 27 of the last 28 had a head coach with prior Sweet 16 experience. People were like, hey, was Tom, does, does Tommy Lloyd apply? No, he doesn't if he plays in the Sweet 16 this year. It only matters going into, going into the tournament. And there you go, Arizona's gone. 27 of the last 28 champs went to the tournament with at least three wins versus teams in the top 10% of RPI. Now, Houston, by the way, gets knocked out on this. Yes, during the tournament they are, but before the tournament began, they didn't play three, they didn't have three wins against three teams in the top 10% of RPI. So Houston currently bucking this. Last 28 champs had a top 75 strength of schedule. I mentioned it earlier that Gonzaga and Houston. We're on the outside of that. And Arizona, by the way, in the Pac-12 was barely on the inside of that. Well, two of those three, Arizona and Gonzaga, are done. Houston, again, sort of the one strange exception. 17 of the last 18 champs were top 20 in adjusted offensive efficiency at Ken Palm. Only the 2014 UConn Huskies were the exception to that. They were also the only exception to the head coach with Sweet 16 prior experience, and 17 of the last 18 champs were top 20 in adjusted defensive efficiency at Ken Palm. Only last year's Baylor Bears bucked that. They ended up 22nd, so just came outside of those parameters. The one caveat, again, with the Ken Palm stats, you can actually play your way into those as the tournament goes, because that's a metric created by one man. So those are, those are somewhat fungible. So we had a tweet. Can we show the tweet yesterday? Because And this gentleman has, has sort of apologized. Well, we don't have the tweet. Okay, but anyway, he got all the teams wrong in it. <laughs> so he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I messed it up. So we've been doing this since before the conference tournaments. We, we usually do it only on Monday. The reason we do the exception is because that tweet came. And so here we are with 12 teams left, right, halfway between the Sweet 16. And again, the only team that currently qualifies. It's like a game of red light, green light, Jeff. You ever playing that as a kid? Where somebody, right, they're, they're looking one direction, and then it's green light, and they have to, like, look back and see if they catch anybody moving. Right? Like, well, UCLA's that guy, based on this championship formula. And every time they look back on the green light, bam, there goes Gonzaga because of, you know, strength of schedule. Bam, there goes Arizona because of the Sweet 16 stipulation. So UCLA is the only one that's in it, and the only two teams that are close. And it has to do with the Ken Palm ones on the outside looking in. Villanova now, 24th in adjusted defensive efficiency. That's the only thing keeping them out. And Kansas heading into tonight, 28th in adjusted defensive efficiency. The only, t the only criteria keeping them out. But that's it. No one else can really – I mean, what's Duke now? What's the Duke adjusted number on this? Because Duke was way out. So Duke could buck this. So we'll see if it even gets there. Who knows? UCLA could be done tonight. Do you feel like we'll get – a number one seed to the Final Four. It's only Kansas now. They got to get to the Elite Eight first. I will tell you, there's nothing I want more now than to get Providence versus Houston in the in the Final Four, where we get a five seed that's basically a double digit favorite over a four in the national semifinal. For what it's worth, though, Gil, I do think Kansas wins tonight. I think Kansas gets out of that region and. 
who knows what happens in that Villanova-Houston game because those two coaches, oh. Samson and Wright, those guys are awesome. Duke, by the way, 45th still at adjusted defensive efficiency, so they're not getting there. But they, they finish with a flourish. They're like Ray Leonard against Marvin Hagler in 1987, finishing rounds with a flourish and winning it on points. Just came up with that. Todd Wishnev next. Numbers game. Vison, these. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. Wendy's Breakfast is the official breakfast of March Madness. Every day, choose from Wendy's stacked starting lineup like the Breakfast Baconator, Croissant Combos, and Hot or Cold Coffee. And like any great team, Wendy's is bringing the breakfast legends oven-baked, sizzling bacon, fresh cracked eggs, perfectly seasoned breakfast potatoes, and a Simply OJ to bring it home. Make a fast break to your nearest Wendy's drive-thru and pick up your Wendy's breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. Choose wisely choose Wendy's. Jeff, I think they took away my chicken sandwich, Reed. Got tired of me singing it. I understand. It's okay, Wendy's. I enjoy singing it. Don't write hot and fresh out the fryer and maybe I won't sing. It's that simple. Uh, normally, at this point, I would give my tennis picks, but because Todd Wishnev is uh, our guest, I don't want them just completely, <laughs> completely jinxed. So we're going to have to wait on the tennis picks. We bring in Todd Wishnev from his mom's cork attic in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. How you doing, Toddy? Shots fired already. I see how this is going to go. <laughs> it's just out of the gate. I just I don't want you mushing them, man. I don't want you mushing them. Uh, all right. Uh, so you have been as vocal. Vocal is not the right word, but on Twitter, uh, you had a, you, you've been as vocal Twitter-wise, let's say, uh, as prolific in, in sort of sort of echoing what I was saying earlier on the show, which is all these all these folks who are, like, crying about Gonzaga – you have never been a believer. Chet Holmgren's stats in the big games. Can we start there? Yeah, I just wrote down Chet Holmgren's stats against teams I would consider real teams. Uh, he played Texas. They won 86-74. He had a whopping two points and five rebounds. If you remember, if you know anything about Texas, they've got a lot of uh, talented defensive players under Butch Beard. He then played UCLA. They won 83-63 at 15.6 rebounds. Mazel tough. He played Duke. They lost 84-81. He had 16 points and seven rebounds in a game they scored 81 points. Against Bama, they lost 80 82 to 91. He had 10 points, 11 rebounds. 82 to 91, and you're the number one pick, and you got 10 points. Sorry. Against Texas Tech, they won 69-55. He had five points, 11 rebounds. Against Memphis the other day, 82-78 win, nine points, nine rebounds. And then last night, 11 points and 14 rebounds. One of his better showings, actually. Uh, even though everyone had to cry because of the fouls, the third foul is a foul. I've watched more I basketball agree. than anybody in the world this year. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jeffrey Parles. I love the guy to death, but that is a foul. I've watched a thousand million games, and I it's guaranteed it's a foul. Step in, take a charge, and you'll get the call. Okay, enough with the Chet Holmgren nonsense. I mean, this is the number one pick? Have people lost their minds? This is insanity. This kid needs to eat, and he needs to eat a lot now. I'm sure he will be a fabulous player. But it's just, you know, he's going to need some time. He's going to need some time, yeah. obviously, with the, with the bulk, too, which will happen. But, yeah, I mean, listen, it, 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 last thing about the fouls. We were on primetime action, and I even, I even said it out loud. I'm like, these are just bad defensive plays by him, bad fundamentals on defense. And, again, if you've played basketball at any level, right, you're like, no, that's horrible technique, horrible. 
I mean, maybe the fourth foul they have, a, they have a because he did just go straight up. But you see that called all the time. A guy yeah. jumps into another guy. The guy was inside the, the circle. They call it on the guy every time. No, I'm not saying it's the – and this whole idea that the Zags didn't get – the only reason I didn't take Arkansas in the middle of the game is because the Zags were in the bonus 13 minutes left in the game. So give me a break with all the – Hosin. this is a good team. If you put them in the ACC, if you put them in the Big Ten, if you put them in a real conference, they'd be like third or fourth. They'd win some big games. They'd lose some big games if timmy doesn't go off they're ordinary so so you you just alluded to the fact you didn't play this because gonzaga was in the bonus so it kept you off a bit uh on arkansas yesterday what other sort of in-game plays did you make last night i went three and one last night i had over 155 and a half early in the arkansas game which was a dead loser i then had under 135 and a half early in the villanova game which was a dead winner right away and then i had houston when they were up seven three right in the beginning of the game i took houston minus 132 and i'll tell you this is why you get such an advantage for watching all the games all year and here's this houston game is such a perfect example of that arizona has a tremendous amount of talent most of the games they just roll the balls out they go up and down. They dunk on people. They shoot threes. They do. It's not even basketball. It's like they just beat the hell out of Oregon State and Oregon and all these teams. They played UCLA the first game, if you guys remember, and it was an entirely different story. They were like, wow, these guys are playing defense against us, and they got waxed in that first game against UCLA. As soon I, – I liked Houston pregame, and as soon as I saw the first five minutes of that game, I'm like, oh, this is the UCLA game all the way, uh, one more time. Arizona is not going to be able to just roll the balls out and just out-talent them. These kids are going to get up in their face, and if you ever played any basketball, Houston is not the kind of team you want to play against. I mean, if you ever went to the park and there was four teams worth of people waiting, you didn't want to play against a defensive team that was going to take zero possessions off, get up in <laughs> Just, your grill oh, it's so on every single play. Yeah. It, it's ridiculous. You can't. These guys are very, very tough. By the way, and, you, you, you also know, you also mentioned very, via text yesterday. Uh, you know, with 53 seconds left in the Duke game, how Texas Tech for, took forever to foul Duke. Right. This is what I told you during the season. Remember, I told yeah. you this during the season, mm -hmm. how these teams just mess it up all the time. You're losing by five. The other team has the ball. Duke is up five. They have the ball 53 seconds off. They're waiting around and then they foul at 34 seconds. What are you doing? Yeah. Just you brutal. might be the greatest coach in the history of coaching. If you can't understand these simple ideas, what is wrong with you? All right, you have to foul immediately. All right, let's go Let's go to these games. Now, with the caveat that I get it, you are mainly an in-game better. I just want to go through the four games tonight and also the two that have already been lined for tomorrow. And I just want to get your, your pre-flop thoughts here. And if there is any in-game strategy, at least in your head, before it happens. I'm curious. Tonight, St. Peter's and Purdue. It's a 15-2 game. A 15-3 game, pardon me. Uh, with Purdue, obviously, the biggest favorite on the board in the Sweet 16. 12.5 point favorites. Purdue had the 46-12 advantage in free throws against Texas. One would think they would apply the Boilermakers, that is, the exact same strategy here against St. Peter's. Any thoughts on the preflop numbers? 12.5 and, and 134, or any thoughts on how you might bet this in-game? By the way, this is a great one because this is the this is the perfect one for tonight. Uh, St. Peter's team total will, I mean, uh, Purdue's team total will be about six and a half more than half the number. So if it's say 67 is half the number, it'll be somewhere in the neighborhood of 73 and a half, 74 for Purdue will be the team total. If you're watching this game and they're throwing the ball to Edie every time, and the St. Peter's kids are whacking him, which they will, everyone whacks the hell out of Edie, and they're calling the fouls, immediately bet the team total for Purdue over because 
if they're going to call the fouls on Edie, it's almost impossible for Purdue to go under. Ivy also will drive to the hoop, and if he's getting the calls, Purdue will be in the bonus very early, and I don't see how St. Peter's can slow it down enough, especially if they get behind early. So if, if, if St. Peter's is, is behind early, let's say at the 16-minute mark, it's 9-4, uh, to four, and St. Peter's already has four fouls, you better jump on the over because they're just going to keep feeding Edie and, and Williams, and it's just going to be a foul fest. All right. This is excellent, Todd. I like this. Let's go to number two. So 20 minutes after that, that, uh, that St. Peter's-Purdue game in the East region, Providence and Kansas in the Midwest with the Jayhawks favored by a touchdown now over Ed Cooley's Friars. Totals 141.5. Again, let's do the same thing. Any pre-flop or perhaps pre-flop in-game thoughts? You know, this will be an interesting game to see what type of pace this game is going to be played at. Is it going to be a Providence slowdown game, or is it going to be a Kansas run and jump game? And that's what I'll be looking at is what type of game are they going to play? Is Providence going to be at the 12-minute mark and the score is going to be 9-9 nine to nine and nobody has any fouls? We're looking under. If this is going to be a run and gun game because Kansas gets ahead and they start, you know, they just push the pace at every opportunity, you might have to look over. I also love love Kansas in this game. I, you know, I don't play usually pregame, especially minus seven. But if Providence gets ahead in this game, I'll probably be definitely looking to, to back Kansas at a, at a lower number because I just don't think Providence can hang with Kansas. Kansas, the lone remaining one seed left in the tournament. Let's do one more before the break here. Uh, the Blue Blood battle tonight between North Carolina and UCLA. This is also in the East region. Uh, a couple of the starts, the uh, late game slate tonight, if you will. UCLA favored by two over the heels. Uh, it looks like uh, it looks like Hawkins is playing in this game. He is a go. He's going to give it a go. Totals at one forty-one and a half. You know, if UCLA turns it into a grind fest, which they're going to want to do. Uh, UCLA is going to win the game because North Carolina, unless they shoot out of their minds with that kid Davis who's making every single three, it's going to be harder for them to to play half court and, and beat UCLA. I think we'll, I mean, obviously you're going to have to watch the game. You're going to have to see the, the, the scenarios uh, play out. But, you know, if it's slower, it's probably favors UCLA, I would think. By the way, if UCLA wins it all, Jeff Parlay, it's the greatest triumph of the championship formula in history if UCLA wins it all. Do we agree on that? Much like, by the way, I said to Kelly last night, if your $10 Final Four exacta hits for $100,000, it's the greatest bet in VEASAN history. That, of yeah, course, well, that yes, of course even didn't though, last. Even it's done for Kelly already. <laughs> it is done already. Yes, uh, yes. You, you are correct. Yeah, okay. Uh, Want to do the last one here real quick uh, for tonight. We'll get to the uh, Elite Eight games that are already lined. But this is uh, Iowa State and Miami, of course, the only game between two double-digit seeds with Larinaga's Hurricane favored by two and a half, total 133. You know, Iowa State's had two, like, mini Glenn, Glenn Rice type of scenarios where one of their guys just gets insanely hot and carries them to victory. It was Kausher in the last game. It was the uh, Hunter guard the game before that. Um, you know, I'm going to be very careful in this game. I could see a lot of things happen here, so I'll be very, very careful. I, I love the Purdue advice more than anything. That seems to be spot on to me. I think that's a great in-game strategy. More with Todd Wishnev. Uh, we'll talk about the Elite Eight games that are already established and more from last night. It's VEASAN, a numbers game. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. Make your first wager and win big during BetMGM's March matchups. Download the BetMGM app and place a $10 money line wager on any college tournament game. And if any team hits a three pointer during the tournament, you'll win $200 in free bets. Just use code MM200 when you register. Plus, you'll earn BetMGM rewards points that can be redeemed for online bonuses or converted into comps at MGM Resorts. Sign up today and use code MM200 to win $200 if any team hits a three during BetMGM's March matchups. Get it? MM March matchups. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada and Mississippi. We get tweets at Beating the Book. Always appreciate the feedback. Uh, Matthew Mayberry, 
simple tweet. He says, stay on your feet. Just talking about Chet Holmgren. I agree, man. It's fundamental basketball. Like, it's just so, so funny to me how many people complaining about that. Uh, 702 AJ, red light, green light reference regarding NCAA tournament. Uh, more like squid games than the game we played as kids. Oh, that's interesting. All right. I'll try to update my reference there. Um, I'll just talk about the championship formula. Rich PSM. Coaching and toughness matter. Coach K helped with the zone, and Duke scored on that great D by penetration. Gonzaga and Arizona were soft. Be concerned, Kansas. This is from LP. This is to uh, me and Drew Densick both. Hey, uh, Gil and Drew, curious what you both think of Circa's tennis lines. Are they as sharp as other sports? Uh, Rublev down to minus 139, 15 cents off of Pinnacle. Uh, I'll just comment on the Rublev line being down to minus 139 against Nick Kyrgios. I get it. I absolutely get it. I am off, I am not on that match, not having anything to do with it. Nick Kyrgios is playing, dare I say, I know this is crazy, some inspired tennis. Like he actually seems to care. And when Nick Kyrgios cares, Nick Kyrgios can be one of the great players in tennis because his serve is unstoppable. So even a player as great as Andre Rublev, one of the top ten players in the world, um, he probably shouldn't be more than a minus-139 favorite. I get it completely. Um, always appreciate the tweets. By the way, no tennis picks at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern. So none are happening in the next 13 minutes. But we will get to the two tennis picks of the day here coming up. More with Todd Wishnev from his mom's Cork Attic uh, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Also the star of Showtime's docuseries Action. One of the stars of Showtime's docuseries Action. Um, anything else get under your skin from last night, Todd? Uh, I mean, not really just under my skin. I just, you know, I, I think that knowing the teams in in-game is just so helpful. Um, I had over 141 and a half in the Duke-Texas uh, Tech game. Now, there weren't very many fouls early on in that game, and I made the bet anyway. Typically, I like to see fouls creeping up when I take overs. But because the pace was fast, and I'd seen so many Duke games where Duke is just going to run, and if they have, they have the talent to score, and they don't play a whole hell of a lot of defense. So if you are skilled on offense, you can score on them too. And that's why, you know, the pace was pretty decent and uh, I took the over and, and there was a massive lull there where Duke barely scored for about seven minutes and it still got there because, you know, like I said, Duke has the talent to score on anyone and they also have the ability to let anyone score on them. So you always want to lean Duke over on games, um, you know, from their first look at them, so to speak. Let me ask you a question about the Gonzaga in game. And you already mentioned that you stayed off any in game because, Gonzaga was already in the bonus, so you didn't take Arkansas, even though you thought about doing it. I'm always curious about your reaction to, you know, so Gonzaga appeared in the first half to want to play at the same speed they played in the second half against Memphis, right? They were just racing up and down the court. The difference was that this time they were just clanging every shot, right? And they, were, they ended up 5 for 21 from behind the arc. And so while you're watching that, is your reaction, I've asked you some form of this before, is your reaction, okay, it's likely to regress, you know, positively for them the rest of the way, or are you, or do you take the opposite tack where you're like, this pace is, is, is not working out for them, and it is just a brick fest that seems to continue, or is that not part of your in-game calculations? I mean, it, it, the pace is always a, a part of the in-game calculations, but what, what I would say to— I'm just talking about, about their, Gonzaga, their rate, their yeah. poor rate of threes. 
Yeah, and and here's the deal. I've seen many Gonzaga games where they just keep clanking three-pointers. And if you remember the Memphis game, the reason they won that game is because few sat them down at halftime and said, no more threes, we're throwing it to Timmy every single time. And that was the other thing that scared me. I thought he might get smart and start throwing it to Timmy every single time. I did too. I and asked him; he could do it. I asked Wes know. Reynolds on the primetime action set last night. I'm like, why are they? Keep, why do they keep shooting threes? I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Yeah, that. Well, I mean, that I've seen many. Look, the Gonzaga guards are good, but they're not like the caliber of the guards in the past. You know, a couple years ago, remember that Avery kid would never miss the three, or Jalen Suggs, or I mean, they just had shooter after shooter. These guys are good. Demhart's good. You know, the kid, uh, you know, Strother and the other kid, Bolt. They're good, but they're not great shooters. And here's the other thing: you got to be really careful. And this is something that I am not careful enough about in these neutral venues where these kids do not shoot all the time, the three-point shooting in general is going to be down a little bit. So you always have to be looking to the under first, you know, if you're going to have a doubt on a game because the three-point shooting, it's very difficult for you to see games where they're shooting 53% from three at the end of the first half. It's, I mean, it happens in regular season all the time. But, you know, in these kind of games where they're neutral zone, neutral sites, kids are not used to these venues and the three-point shooting could suffer. I remember when we were kids and they first started moving to big stadiums to play basketball games in. And I remember that was a huge talking point, like, oh, the background, they're not used to the background shooting. Uh, We don't talk about that nearly as much as we probably should these days. Well, look at any college basketball game where the the road team, if you see a two for 17 from three, it's typically the road team. The road team doesn't shoot on that court all the time. It's just, I mean, if anybody who's played basketball, if you show up at a court for your first game, you're not used to the rims and it's much harder to make shots. So, I mean, it's not rocket science what I'm saying. It's not? You're not splitting the atom right now? Not splitting the No, I'm not. I'm I'm trying to split the atom, but Uh, I'm not. Let's go to tomorrow. So the Elite Eight games tomorrow are obviously set uh, with a chance to go to the Final Four, obviously, in the regional finals uh, based on last night's results. And so I'm curious, again, let's do the exercise we just did for tonight's Sweet 16 games. Uh, Houston and Villanova, number five seed, number two seed in their region. Houston is a two-point favorite. 128 and a half is the number. Now, same question I asked the people with the Texas Tech-Duke line, if they were surprised that Texas Tech was the favorite. Same question I asked people, were they surprised Arizona was only a small favorite against Houston? Houston is a two-point favorite. Are you surprised by that? No, I, I liked Houston all year, and I thought if Sasser wouldn't have got injured, I would have had them winning it all. Um, instead, I have Kansas winning it all. But, um, you know, Houston has said, look, they just have endless like intensity type defensive guys. That Carlton guy is amazing down low. There's a couple other guys amazing down low. They get every offensive rebound. They're just as gritty as hell. So I'm not surprised at all that they're favored over Villanova. Villanova is a good team, but hey, if the threes aren't going down, they can lose easily. Easily. They have to make their threes. And 128, by the way, right off the top to me, this seems a little low, and I'll tell you why. Houston loves to foul. They, I think they average 17 fouls a game. It's like one of the most fouls of any team. If they're, if you have fouls in a game, it's incredibly hard to stay under 128. Now, obviously, I'm saying this pregame, so everything could change after I watch the first eight minutes of the game. But in general, at a 128 with teams that are effective offensively and that there could be a lot of fouls in that game. Villanova doesn't foul, but Houston fouls a hell of a lot. I'd be very careful about going under in that game.
All right, and then the second game tomorrow, and that one, by the way, the Houston-Villanova game, 6.09 Eastern, 3.09 Pacific. Uh, that will be followed by the uh, by the Arkansas game against um, Duke, which we will show here. Duke is a four-point favorite. So now all of a sudden the market respect for Duke has come in here. Total is a high one, 147. Duke by four. What do you think about that? You don't want to discuss Portland Southern Utah at six o'clock that day. Jeff Jeff already brought that up. He's like, "You mean Portland Southern Utah, Gil? Is that the games you want to talk about?" By the way, that'll be a fun, that'll be a very fun game. By the way, if you know anything about Portland, they're just going to run and gun and not play any defense. But anyways, uh, Arkansas Duke. Um, you know, I'm always nervous when Duke's laying four points. You know, let's just be realistic. Duke could have lost and probably should have lost both of those last two games. The Michigan State game, they needed to do everything correctly in the last couple seconds to win that game. And then last night, they had to make every single shot down the stretch. Now, they're talented enough to do it, but Arkansas is pretty good on defense. So if I had to bet the game, I'd probably lean Arkansas. Uh, as far as the over, the question for me will just be, can Arkansas do anything in the half court offensively? If they can score on Duke because Duke is playing their usual laissez-faire defense, this game's going over because we know Duke will score. So it'll just be a question of, you know, what you see or what you get. You know, if if Arkansas is just doing the J.D. Note 30-foot show, be careful, it's going under. But if they can figure out a way to score on Duke, and a lot of people have, it's going over. J.D. Note once again with 29 shots last night. Houston and uh, UCLA trying to get back to the Final Four for a, a second consecutive season. Houston one game away, UCLA two games away. It's interesting what you say about that other game. UNC Wilmington won the CBI the other night during primetime action. By the way, I had loved that game. I had a middle in it. It was the best game ever. We were like, do they tell their kids about this 20 years from now? Thank you, Todd. It's, Chris it's Val- a great game. Chris Valika next. Numbers gave visa. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. 
I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.